Here's what's coming up on today's show. Do you worry about Social Security running out of money before you retire? Is claiming benefits at age 62 or age 70 the better decision for your financial future? Today, Mark and I will debunk common myths about Social Security and provide answers you need to make the best decisions about your benefits. It's easy to get lost on the way to retirement. Things like taxes, improper planning, and excessive market risk can all lead you astray from your goal of a successful and happy retirement. That's where Liz Whittaberry comes in. She's a holistic financial advisor and the founder of Best Path Advisors, and she can help guide you to a better financial path. This is Retire on Your Best Path with Liz Whittaberry. Welcome into this edition of the podcast. It's Retire on Your Best Path with Liz Whittaberry and myself to talk about debunking some top social security myths. Now, we're going to turn this into two episodes because we've got 10 we're going to go through. So we're going to do five this week, and then we'll do the next five uh, in just a week or two when we do our follow-up podcast. So as always, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, consider doing so, and you can find that information at Liz's website at bestpathadvisors.com. That's bestpathadvisors.com, or you could simply just type in retire on your best path into the search box of Apple, Google, Spotify, or whatever podcasting platform app you like to use. So let's get into the conversation with Liz. Liz, how are you? What's going on? I am great. I'm great. It's uh, spring here, so that's it's starting to get to be nice weather. Yeah. Not too hot, not too cold. That's right. Love it this time of year. And, uh, you know, it's we are into, what are we into? Late April here when we're, we're kicking this thing off. And like I said, we're going to break this into two. And Social Security is one of those things where it's always you know, it's a poker chip, right? <laughs> it gets kicked around by Congress and, and everybody, and it's always in the news, and there's always kind of these uh, things that uh, kind of get swelled up out of proportion. I think like any myth probably in life, Liz, right? There's usually like a little nugget or, or, or a piece or something that kind of causes it to spiral off a little bit in a direction, which then creates the myth. So what I wanted to do was go through some of these big ones and have you kind of uh, reel them back in and highlight the actuality of whatever it is. Because again, sometimes there's like a little nugget of truth to it, but it kind of gets distorted. Does that make sense? It does. And I think it's such an important conversation. In fact, I've been focusing on Social Security on my YouTube channel this month Mm. because people get to retirement and it's really the first time that they're starting to think about what is that social security thing exactly? How does it work? And so I think it's important to cover these myths that we're going to go through so that people do have those, the good information yeah, that they and, should have. And often we, we think many people look at social security as a different piece. That's like, well, I've saved here. I've got my 401k or whatever. And then I also have social security versus maybe looking at these things working in conjunction and how they could play together. And and one of those myths are actually on here. We're going to get into that in a minute. So let's go ahead and just jump right in. Myth number one, uh, that the Social Security Administration, the office you go down to, that they'll help you make the best decision about when you should start your benefit. Now, they provide a lot of information, Liz, but this is really not one that they're supposed to be doing and, and really shouldn't be doing. Correct. Correct. Uh, As I always say, they're not fiduciaries. Their job is to provide education, provide uh, as to how the benefit, what the rules are, but not what the best strategy is for your own personal situation. So they'll tell you what your benefit is at different ages and uh, give you some basic uh, information on the rules, quite a few pamphlets that they have put together, but they are not 
allowed under law to give mm. advice uh, right. that, because they can't know your full picture. Exactly. They, they don't they, know who you are and what's going on. Right. Yeah. You know, it's a good idea to get input from a financial advisor uh, and even financial advisors. When we're looking at getting the information from Social Security, if it's a bit of a complicated situation, then we'll want to you know, make sure that we really dig in and get good information because uh, you can even sometimes get bad information from the first person you talk to at the Social Security Administration. Sure. So they do the best that they can to give the the facts, but then you have to take it from there to create the plan and the strategy that's going to be the best thing for you. Yeah. You know, years ago, any kind of government office would have that DMV kind of mentality where it's like, oh, gosh, that's the last place you want to go and, and have to spend any time and ask, ask questions. <laughs> but I don't think they're quite as bad as the DMV. But uh, again, they're still not supposed to, they're supposed to give you the basic information that, you know, you're yeah. it's entitled to you, but they can't really help you with your planning strategy. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Myth number two. Um, you won't get any Social Security if you were a stay-at-home mom. And Liz, I think this one probably spawns out of the fact that there are some requirements to get your own Social Security. There's some minimums that you have to meet as a worker. But there, this is not true. Even if, if you never had a job, but you were married, you still could get something, correct? Correct. There are three basic benefits. Your retirement benefit that's on your own work record. Your spousal benefit on your spouse's work record and your survivor benefit, which is also on your spouse's work record when they're deceased. So the, the stay-at-home mom or even somebody that has worked some but not a lot, uh, that person, if they're married, will have a spousal benefit and be eligible up to half of the working spouse's benefit. Now, they have to wait until full retirement age to get that full 50%, but they would be able to get half of their uh, working spouse's benefit at full retirement age. Is that, or even is that start, the uh, is that the work is that the working spouse's full retirement yes. age? Yes. Okay. Well, the stay-at-home mom. Let's say we're talking about the stay-at-home mom. If okay. the stay-at-home mom wants to start the spousal benefit, has never worked, mm-hmm. that stay-at-home mom can start that spousal benefit at her full retirement ah, age okay. and get half of her spouse's full retirement age benefit. Gotcha. And does it matter if what, she what wants their age to is? start at age 62, she's mm-hmm. going to have about a 35% reduction. It's a little bit more of a reduction than in the retirement benefit. Okay. Uh, and it won't increase after full retirement age. Gotcha. Okay. That, yeah, that clears that up a little bit as well, because some people might think, oh, well, do I have to wait till my spouse uh, whom I'm claiming against is at full retirement age, but you're saying it's based on your own, you know, your own age. So her own age, yes. Yeah. Okay, or his if he's a stay at home mom. Right, right, right. Or and stay at home dad. I right. Say. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the the minimums, right, is if to to collect your own is what uh, forty quarters, which is what ten years, basically. You've yes. somewhere of course across your lifetime, you have had to work forty quarters and contribute. Yes, that okay. is correct. All right, that is correct. Myth number two, then. So myth number three. Uh, this one's a, yeah, you got to love this one. You won't pay taxes on Social Security since you already paid taxes on the money when you put it into the system. And once upon a time, Liz, this was actually true, which is maybe yeah. where the myth comes from. Yes. When Social Security was passed into law in 1934, there were no taxes on Social Security income. Now, you have to remember that they started Social Security payments at age 65, which is still the basic age that we often think about, even though full retirement age has been moved uh, beyond that. Mm -hmm. But 
people weren't living right. to 65. The life expectancy was uh, 58 for men and 62 for women. And they didn't expect that everybody in the U.S. was going to be collecting Social Security. So it was not taxable at that point in time. In 1984, they amended the Social Security program because mm. the trust fund at that time was about to run out. Well, it was a 1983 <laughs> amendment, right? Uh, and it was enacted in 1984. And one of the changes was to start taxing a portion of Social Security. Does that sound That's familiar? When, Does that sound familiar? Are we getting, getting close to that conversation again, right? Yes. Oh, it's going to run out in 2033 or whatever. So they kind of wait till the last minute, don't they? They do. They absolutely yeah. do. And yeah. and that's that's my expectation this time around. But yeah. you know, in that uh in the tax law that was put in place in nineteen eighty four, they said if you've got as an individual filer, if you've got more than uh twenty five thousand of income, or as a married filing jointly filer more than thirty two thousand of provisional income, then you'll have to pay tax on up to 50%. And then if you're above 34 for individual filers and 44,000 for married filing jointly filers, mm -hmm. then you'll have to pay tax on as much as 85% of your social security, but you never pay tax on more than 85% of the social security under our current law. And the thresholds have not changed. They are not inflation adjusted. So they've never changed. And that's actually not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's right, not a good thing right. for for us. It mm -hmm. is a good thing for Social Security right. because they continue to get more and more people that are having to pay some tax on a little bit of that Social Security. Yeah. And I guess we should be, we would, should be clear that it's up to eighty five percent. It's not an eighty five percent tax bracket. It's just up no. to eighty five percent of the. And, and this is where Liz income planning comes into play, right? Because if you're strategizing uh, with a professional like yourself on where you're pulling your money from and so on and so forth in in retirement, you want to try to be tax efficient. And this is an an area where you could certainly do a little bit of that. Correct. Correct. Look at how that Social Security is going to flow through the tax return, mm -hmm. and you know if you're able to manage uh, the type of income that's flowing through, then you can keep your tax paid on Social Security at a little bit lower rate as well. Yeah. Yeah. So really important point there to make sure that you're talking with a qualified professional who's, you know, thinking about taxes as well as just the income side of things, right? So when you're working with a planner, make sure that you're working with someone who's really kind of thinking about all facets and not just, well, this is where we're pulling the money from and yada, yada, right. yada, right? So you want to have all those pieces in there. All right. So we're going through these myths. Pretty good information here, definitely to know. And so let's go to the, the final two for this particular episode, Liz. They're going to kind of play together. Uh, we're going to go from one to the next in a second, but they kind of work well together. And these are the two biggies. Uh, these are the ones that really make the rounds on social media or whatever, right? So myth number four <laughs> is there's not going to be any Social Security left by the time you retire because it's going broke or is broke, right? That's typically the conversation we hear. Right. And we just kind of addressed that a little bit with the whole 2033 thing um, that, you know, there's that that nugget of information that is true that it, their trust fund is, is suffering has some issues. And in 2033 or four, whenever they keep kind of changing it, uh, it could be out. And I think that's where the myth kind of spawns from that they're going to, well, it's going to be gone, right? And it's just going to disappear. Mm -hmm. That's a totally mm -hmm. different thing than the trust fund running out. Yeah, the trust fund is certainly on the decline and projected to run out in now 2033. Last year it was 2034. But 
Social Security is a pay-as-you-go system. It always has been. So the income tax that is collected for Social Security purposes is used to pay Social Security benefits. And if there's a surplus in income tax, Social Security taxes being collected that goes into the trust fund, if there's not a surplus, if we're actually paying out more benefits than we're collecting in taxes as we are right now, then they're having to dip into the trust fund each year. And at some point in time, the trust fund will run out. At that point under law, then they will have to adjust the benefits to match the income coming in because there's no surplus. Mm -hmm. That's what they faced in 1983 when they did that amendment. And that's what we will face you know, in the next 10 years, we yeah. will be at that point again, and there'll have to be a resolution as to do they adjust benefits or do they adjust taxes upward or Change do they ages. adjust some of the ages? Right. Exactly. Do they adjust uh, the COLA? Do they? There's a lot of places that they could make some small adjustments to bring the two in line. Yeah. The longer they wait, the bigger those adjustments are. Yeah. And yeah. the Social Security <laughs> Trustees report does give some recommendations on very small increases in Social Security taxation and, and other things that could be done. But none of the politicians yeah. really want to pick up that ball and run with it because it's 10 years out and they're so now focused. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. No, And that's what we were saying. You know, it's like to your point, I think that was a great comment there is that the longer they wait, the worse it gets and the more they have to make adjustments. But that's their M.O. That's what they're yeah. going to do. Right there. No one. No politician wants to touch it. It is a political hot potato. And it's always a pain that they don't want to deal with it. So they wait till the last minute. But as far as the myth of it's just going to be gone. The same kind of thing applies. No politician is going to stand up there and say, well, we killed it. It's No one gets a check ever again. Bye. Right? Because they're just not going to do that. So I think. Yeah, well, we'll still have Social Security tax. They have to eliminate yeah. the Social Security tax, yeah. uh, you know, to, to totally eliminate that. So that'll be coming in. And the projections are that that would cover the taxation that's coming in would cover about 73% of the right, benefit right. for another 100 years. Right. And, you know, that's an interesting point, too, because I've seen so many things. There's so many ways they could do this. Uh, I mean, look at what's happening in France, right? They're so upset about pushing the pensioner program back just two years, right? And you're seeing yeah. the young folks get, and it's the young folks. It's like, you're 40 years away. What are you worried about? But anyway, um, yeah. you know, just moving our, our early retirement, our 62, moving that to 64, I've seen some information that says that would fund it for another 100 years. You know, so there's right. lots of different things they could do to your point you highlighted a few different ways that they could do that so i think that's the big myth that you know it's going to run out it's going to be gone uh, and you won't get in a check ever again kind of thing and, and that's just uh, hyperbole um there is some trouble and there are changes are coming but i don't think yeah. they're going to happen anytime and i think they're probably grandfather people too that's kind of a, i think the consensus out there Liz, that certainly is, is the, the the thinking and has been for a long time yeah, if you're over like say 50 or something right? there's no guarantee of anything no, of course until they actually vote and and put something in place we don't know exactly what it's going to be but right. they are much less likely to make any changes that would impact anybody close to retirement so 50 and above is much less likely to be impacted than people that are younger. That does, yeah. certainly doesn't make your kids and grandkids happy. No, of course not. But it is. Yeah. It, it does take a little bit of stress off of, of folks that are over fifty, like you know, like myself. That yeah, too late to do something different. Yeah, is yeah. is really the thought. You know, they're close to retirement, so uh, no big changes. Well, think about the RMD, right? Same kind of thing that they just did. Yeah, you could see them easily saying, okay, based on your birthday from here, from this birthday, you know. 
back, mm-hmm. you know, you're fine. You know, if you were born this year and after, you're going to have to wait till 65 or something like that. So there's a ton right. of options that are on the table. So we'll see how it goes to your point as we get a little closer over the next 10 years. And the interesting thing is the, the change in the full retirement age mm-hmm. in 1984, which was one of the big things that turned that, the trust fund around. Mm-hmm. I, it was going to run out in 1985. Right. Okay? That was phased in. And we're, st- we're just now getting to some of those later ages this many years later because of the way that was phased in very gradually. Yeah. So it's, again, it wasn't big, big, big changes that, that they put in place. And the way that Social Security income is taxed, if someone didn't have much income, then they still weren't, if they were basically living on Social Security, they didn't end up paying tax on their Social Security. Yeah. So... Yeah. It was minor changes at the time that turned the program around, so I really believe they can do that again. There you go. All right. Well, then let's go to myth number five, which I said plays kind of dovetails into the prior myth. So myth number five is that you should claim it as soon as you're eligible. And usually that's tied that the caveat there is, well, because it's going to run out, right? So many people, and you and Liz, you and I have had this conversation. If you're doing your planning and you need the income, you need to turn it on at 62 because you actually need the income, that's one thing. Right. But if you're just turning it on at 62 because you think it's going to run out or because you're, well, the government owes me, it's my money or whatever stance here is, you could be costing yourself. So it may not be the best strategy. Yes. Um, You know, when I'm looking at the Social Security decision for any individual or couple that I'm working with, what I want to think through is how do they optimize that Social Security income to work with? the other income that they have, the portfolio that they have, the way that the portfolio will or will not provide income, or what their future goals are as far as legacy, because the Social Security income stops when they pass away. There is no legacy value to that at all. But what their health is, the longevity in their family, and really build a plan incorporating all of the possibilities of all of those pieces to make sure that that social security decision is truly optimized for their situation as as best as we can you know predict the future in our planning but i don't buy into everybody has to file at 62 or everybody mm-hmm. needs to wait to 70 and there's a bit of that you see in the media one way or the other. I think it's very nuanced from couple to couple based on all of the pieces of their plan. Yep. It's based on what it is that you need. And so again, these are kind of the top five social security myths that we wanted to break down for you a little bit. And I think uh, Liz did a great job of helping us see some of the the highlights there. And of course, as always, if you've got questions uh, about any of these particular myths, make sure you're reaching out to her, give her a jingle, stop by the website, whatever that is for you. You can find her online at bestpathadvisors.com. That's bestpathadvisors.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast because we are going to come back with the next episode uh, here in just a couple of weeks uh, with part two. So we're going to do five more myths. So uh, good information. Is anything else that we might have uh, needed to, to wrap up on this one before we go into the next one? I just want to say, if you like the topics here, be sure and check out the YouTube as well, because I have other social security information there. Mm. And so look up Best Path Advisors on YouTube, and you will get some additional insights. 
All right, there you go. So Best Path Advisors, again, you can find that on YouTube as well. And so we'll be back next time with more conversation with Liz Whittaberry, founder and financial advisor at Best Path Advisors. And we'll see you next time here on the podcast. Thank you, Mark. The preceding program is sponsored by Best Path Advisors, which is solely responsible for its content. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through J.W. Cole Advisors. Best Path Advisors, J.W. Cole Financial, and J.W. Cole Advisors are unaffiliated entities. The opinions expressed by Liz Whitberry should not be construed as specific tax, legal, or investment advice, nor as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Neither J.W. Cole Financial nor its representatives provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W. Cole. Investing is subject to risks, including the loss of principal. Due to volatility within the markets mentioned, opinions are subject to change without notice. Information is based on sources believed to be reliable. However, their accuracy or completeness cannot be guaranteed.